Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Matthews, and today we are doing another solo episode. Today's podcast title is called Crisis Leadership Skills You Need and How to Build Them. Back in 2020, when we were experiencing uh, the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, I was receiving a lot of phone calls about, oh my God, I've heard you talk about crisis management and business continuity all these years. And now I understand, because there's a global threat facing everybody, now I understand what you were trying to say. Can you come in and talk about how can we lead in times of crisis when we don't know where we're going? And so ironically, we're meeting people back in that same spot today. And just the past couple of weeks or months, depending on when you might be listening to this podcast in the United States of America, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Um, we have a significant horror that's happening within our school systems with active shooters. Um, there's a shortage on formula. Uh, there is just complete chaos that's happening in uh, Ukraine, thanks to the Russian invasion. There's a lot of things happening across the political landscape. We have supply chain issues that are not being solved. Uh, um, we have things happening within a healthcare perspective. Uh, there's people who don't have access to equity. There are people who are losing their homes. Depending on when you listen to this podcast, uh, we may or may not have announced that we are in the middle of a recession um, and what those implications look like from a global perspective. We also have organizations who are really experiencing the great resignation. And then you have a lot of corporate and tech companies who have laid off hundreds of thousands of people over the past few weeks. And so every time you turn on the news, something is happening beyond our control. And then you add on the, the component of mental health and how are we able to really manage and deal with these things and have these conversations and able to support our businesses to be better. And so in that process from the time of 2020 through now, there's five crisis leadership principles that I firmly stand behind. And today I wanted to go into those with a bit more detail, but specifically be able to tell you what you can do to build those capabilities on your own. So crisis leadership principle number one is trust. And it's my belief that the primary goal for every crisis leader should be to build a relationship or a partnership and to establish trust. True crisis leaders do not ask people to do a job that they are not willing to do. When I think about cultures and building teams, the number one component of that is all about trust. I have definitely seen in organizations where leaders are focused on their people, on supporting the workforce, where it's a human-centered approach. Um, trust is earned, it's maintained, it's established. And so what's interesting, we have a, a customer that we're working with and I have a new person who joined our team. 
And my question to this person was, how do I learn to trust you? Because today I don't really have a frame of reference for what that looks like. And his response is something that I agreed with. And that was trust is built over time. And so we have to figure out what's our mechanism for what trust looks like and how do we want to build that? And so I would say that as well for crisis leaders, it's all about being consistently consistent over time, right? So one of the things that we're doing with our customers is every single week, all of our customers get us one page status update on where we are with everything that's happening with all the things that we work on in, in their business. So they are never confused, never unaware of what is going on. And over time, what that's done is it has built trust. And now they know this team communicates. I know if something's going on, I know if there's a risk, if there's a concern, they're going to note it in the status updates and I'm never not going to have what I need. And that way, when I'm walking down the hallway with my CEO or whoever it is, and they ask me a question, I have everything I need from this team to put me in the best light so I can shine within my organization. And those are the types of things that we do with our customers to help build trust. The second crisis leadership principle that I firmly stand behind is all about co communication. And every single crisis that has happened across the world, from 9-11 to Hurricane Katrina, to the Deep Horizon oil spill, to every disaster, you can pick one in any country and name it, communication is the number one core issue. And there's a lot of reasons for why that is, right? It might be communication barriers. It might mean that we don't have the technology to reach the, the population that we're seeking to reach. It might mean that how a segment of our community, how they give and receive communication may be different than what the public information officers and crisis communicators are accustomed to working with, right? But regardless, communication is a significant roadblock in every single crisis. And one of the quotes that I have learned to just adore by Stephen Covey is listen with the intent to understand and to not have a reply. And I think as we work together from a crisis management, crisis communications perspective, what are the ways that we can build in that principle, even through your own programs, whether you're working in the business or external to a business and providing a service how can you build capabilities? How can you build programs and partnerships with your clients so that we're listening with the intent to understand what they need, what they're asking for, not to have a response all the time, but just to truly listen with the need to understand, right? And so the question is, is how does one gain or improve their communication skills? Fusion Risk Management is your North Star for operational resilience. The Fusion Framework System provides a foundation that enables you to understand how your business works, how it breaks, and how to put it back together again, which allows you to make data-driven decisions so you can anticipate, prepare, respond, and learn through business disruptions and major crisis events. Head to the link in our show notes to request a demo today. Fusion Risk Management, building a more resilient world together. So there's a number of different ways that, that we can do that. From a public speaking perspective, my goal is always, if you want to become a better speaker, speak more, <laughs> right? One thing I did is I joined Toastmasters because I had a really bad stutter. And over time through Toastmasters, I've been able to hone in on my uh, speech deficiencies and to gain more confidence in what I communicate and how I communicate that. 
I would also say that your physical presentation is a huge part of what you are communicating. How we show up, if I come to a meeting with my hair done, if, if I have my makeup, if I don't have my makeup, if I have my nails done, if they're not done, depending on what I'm wearing, how my clothes fit, that's communicating something. The other thing that I think is communicating something powerful, and I have learned this over eight years of running at Spotless, is I form everything into a question. And this is gold. Like if I give you nothing else, take this away. When you ask the right questions, you figure out what's on the menu. So I'm very particular within our organization. We don't tell, we ask. Because at the end of the day, we are there as a guide. The client makes the decisions. We're there to offer recommendations, but they own those decisions. It's their business. And so the more we get in the habit of framing or reframing everything into a question, the more we're able to better communicate with our clients and put them in a seat where they can be in control and drive the process forward. The third crisis leadership principle is all about influence. And influence is our ability to be able to move another person to make a choice or a decision that supports the goals that we want to get achieved or to accomplish. And so what I learned throughout 2020, 2021, is that there's really three ways that we can increase our influence. Point number one is competence. That is having sufficient knowledge and understanding and skills to act across the different areas or functions that I may be responsible and accountable for. Point number two is character. Our character is our core values. It's the real you. It's who comes out when no one's watching. It's who you really are at your core. That's your character. And then point number three is connection. And connection is all about how are we able to build a connection? How are we able to be transparent and to build with people through connection? And we cannot move people to action unless we first move them with emotion. Big shout out to John Maxwell for that quote. Uh, from the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And so influence is so critical to crisis leadership because in times of crisis, you don't know all the answers. You don't have everything you need. You're not 100% sure, but I still have to influence you to do something that you're going to be completely uncomfortable with. And so how do you build influence? How do you build competence? How do you build character? How do you build connection? My recommendation is you start with that. What am I competent in? What am I owning? And build your strong capability and build your confidence in what it is that you want to be competent within. Number two, build your own personal character. That means looking in the mirror and looking at ourselves, right? How do you build your own character? And then lastly, what are the ways that you could build better ways to connect with people so they have a relationship, they have a rapport with you, right? And I believe that if you work on your competence, your character, your connection, and how you build partnership with people, your influence will grow automatically and you won't even notice it. A long time ago, I used to pray for influence. And over time, I have heard people say, wow, you have so much influence and such a presence. And I was like, wow, really? And I think over time, being really intentional about the things that you're focused on will really help you and it can take you a long way. Point number four for crisis leadership is all about hope. And hope is your ability to be able to see what it can be and not really what it is in current state. 
Crisis leaders have to see beyond the situation and we have to be able to provide our people with hope. Because as I talked about when the podcast first started, there's a million things that can give us a lack of hope. As a crisis leader, how can you pump in hope? How can you pump in joy, excitement with your team, no matter what's going on? Because if you don't have hope, your people will not have hope. And they will not be able to navigate and to get the things done that we want to get accomplished. And so really thinking about how to be positive. It's funny because my dad's friend calls him Mr. Positive (laughs) sarcastically because sometimes he might be that negative Nancy that's always talking about the risk and here's the challenges. But how about we spend a bit more time on what's hopeful and what we can do and what could happen and what might happen if, right? And so that's a question that I would pose to you all as the subscribers, as the listeners. How does someone stay hopeful and communicate during a crisis? What might be some best practices that you're taking advantage of? What are some things that you're doing within your own landscape? What have you seen the leaders within your arsenal? What have you seen them do? And how can you take those traits and share that with this community so that we can build a set of crisis leaders who are also very hopeful and that can instill hope and not fear into people? Because we don't want people to move based upon fear. We want people to move because they see hope and they see change and they see an opportunity, right? And the last piece for crisis leaders is on inclusive decision-making. And this is how we measure how often diverse perspectives are directly included in business decision-making processes. So as you lead your your organization through times of crisis, what I would advise you to consider is who is being excluded from those decision-making things that are happening? Who is not at the table from a decision-making perspective? And whose perspective should you include that you may not have included that could be excluded within the organization? Inclusive decision-making is helping you to build a competitive advantage because the decisions you make under pressure is ultimately what separates your competitors. It helps you to boost your results and it helps you to make quicker decisions in times of crisis. We started with this concept of inclusive decision-making in a partnership that we had in 2020 with Microsoft Corporation that we still have. And one of our key things was how do we help Microsoft and specifically the Blacks at Microsoft Employee Resource Group to think through ways that we can challenge the workforce internally to be more inclusive for how decisions are made. And through that work with Microsoft, my team as well as advisors had to become uniquely aware of places within our business where we were not inclusive Uh, from a sales perspective, from a marketing perspective, the people who made decisions did not reflect the people who we were serving. And so we really had to come back and take a second look at that. And so when I think about steps that leaders can take to ensure that you're being an inclusive decision maker, number one, it starts with an assessment. You have to establish a baseline and where you currently are in order for you to know where you want to be. And so I would highly recommend that. So looking forward to learning more and seeing how these five crisis leadership skills and for you specifically how to build them, how this might be helpful to you and depending on what you're doing within your your programs, always feel free to reach out to me on social media and different things like that. I would love to be able to to learn um, how effective these tools are for you. Until next time, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast brought to you by Asfalis Advisors and Disaster Recovery Journal. 
make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.